Okay, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa la aqibatul muttaqin. Wa la udwana illa ala al-zalimin. Wa salamatullahi wa salamuhu ala ashraf al-anbiya wa al-mursaleen Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Allahumma la sahla illa ma ja'altahu sahla wa anta tajlul hazna idha shi'ta sahla. Allahumma a'inna ala dhikrika wa shukrika wa husna ibadatika ya Rabbil Kareem. Amin. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh everybody, especially those that are congratulating congratulating themselves for uh, being around for the last 15 years, 1000 years, 7 years, 9 years, it's all the same, it's all just one yani, stream of nothingness, okay, it's all good. Yara, everyone is congratulating everybody, but you know, I'm just happy to see Rashid. I ain't seen my guys in donkey's years, man. And you know what? We do not have any Somali representation anymore. Only a few bits and pieces here and there. So when we get one of the big boys back, Yanni, then we always get excited. Alhamdulillah. Yes, the good old crew. All right, then, ladies and gentlemen, ex-men or normal men. Um, We are, I believe, I believe, but I could be wrong. On page, uh, what's the PDF thing called? Is it Fox? Yeah, it's Fox. We are on, we are on a, yeah. So the Arabic of the text, we are on page 29. That's what we're going to be covering today. We're on page 29. And that is referring to Qawlihi in the dua. Allah Mahdini. So afterward, and then he makes a qunut about the ruku wa yakul Allah Mahdini fi man hadayt wa afini fi man afayt wa tawallani fi man tawallayt wa barakli fi ma aatayt wa qini sharr wa ma qadayt. As covered last week. From today, Inna ka taqadi wa la yukuda alayk. إِنَّهُ لَا يَدِلُّ مَنْ وَالَيْتَ وَلَا يَعِزُّ مَنْ عَادَيْتَ تَبَارَكْتَ رَبَّنَا وَتَعَالَيْتَ اللهم إني أعوذ برضاك من سخاتك وبعفوك من عقوبتك وبك منك لا نحصي ثناء عليك أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك Maybe get halfway through that. Translation thereof is that after the uh, ruqua one performs the qunut, the dua of qunut, and he says Oh Allah, guide me along with those whom you have guided. Pardon me along with those whom you have pardoned. Be an ally to me along with those whom you are an ally to. And bless me for that which you have bestowed. And protect me from the evil you have decreed. That's what we have finished last week. We start today with, For verily you decree and none can decree over you. Yani. Yeah, decree, judge, and none can judge over you. I like judge as well, to be honest. Yeah. So verily, you decree and none can decree over you. For of a surety, he whom you show allegiance to is never abased. And he whom you take as an enemy is never honored and mighty. And I think we can do better with the translation there as well. Tabarakta Rabbana wa ta'alayt. Oh, our Lord, blessed and exalted are you. And then the next dua we go straight into. Oh Allah, I take, oh Allah, I take refuge within your pleasure from your. Really? 
Is it really quiet, folks? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Bring me the uh, thingy. Bring me the uh, uh, ball thing. I think I realized what's happened. The batteries run out on the big boy. Um, yeah, here, bring me the big thing. What the hell is that thing called, man? Snowball. Bear with it, folks, okay? Yeah, he will bring it. Well said. Well, who was the one who said... Was it Harris, yeah? Who, to be honest, became a Harith, yani, with his timely intervention. He became a Harith today. All right? Yep, Boxer Max is coming. It's on its way. I'll speak as loud as I possibly can in the meantime, right? For the next few minutes until we swap the mic. So then the next dua is, Oh Allah, I take refuge within your pleasure from your displeasure and within your pardon from your punishment. And I take refuge in you from you. We cannot enumerate your praise. You are as you have praised yourself. Okay? So that is the dua that we will be covering today. I can't remember you having my back yesterday, Harris. I just want to say, sorry, you're hired today, Harris. I, I can't remember you having my back yesterday. I'm going to straight out tell you that. Folks on the podcast, you're going to have to bear with this one because we need to get another mic, which is not difficult. It's just it's such a massive thing though. I keep it upstairs. By the way, we, we did have some inkling of this because for some reason, this sick mic that we have is not charging all the time. We thought that it takes its power from the camera. Let me tell you something interesting in the meantime, whilst we wait for the mic to come. This is one of those road camera uh, mics that sits on the top, right? And it plugs in one of the great things about this, <laughs> right? And it plugs in and it takes power from the camera. But what we've just realized is that it doesn't actually charge very well. Okay? It doesn't really charge very well. So, you know. Yes, brother. Oh, it was an Isis from that fish. By the way, you know he's bought himself a, a mic. Have you seen? No, he bought himself a light. Like it's not a light. It's a mic. He's bought one that was going to radio mics. He's thinking he's going to do some podcasts of fish. Tell him I'm going to kill the guy. Have you seen it or not? I'm pretty sure it's, a, it's like a ring light. It's not a ring light. He bought, bought that separate. Oh, right. so My guy's here and he big time. He better not be on Prime, by the way, that fish. Is he? You know what? Yeah, I know. I've seen him nicked out as well. The fish. Just wait one second. Hold on. Just in case. Let's have a look at this mic in it. See what's going on. It's still orange. I'll take it now. No. Huh? I'll take it after. No, no. But what was it actually showing? Same as before. Orange. One second. Let's get rid of this. All right. Yeah, oh, yes, people are happy. Happy about that. Yeah, okay. All right, well done. So we've got the big bad boy Yanni in the house, otherwise known as the snowball. Okay. Can you believe it? The guy took the light. By the way, can you just please confirm that we've got now the sickest sound in history of sound, by the way? Yeah? Confirmed? 
कंफर्म हो गया चलता है या नहीं हम वही गया थैंक यू बिलाल राइट सो दैट्स व्हाट वी गोइंग टू डू ऑलराइट लेट्स गेट स्ट्रेट इनटू द टेक्स्ट पॉडकास्ट फॉक्स दैट डिडंट टेक टू लॉन्ग राइट um now page 29 sheikh says innaka taqdi wa la yuqda alayk the text says that none uh what does the text say it says for verily you decree and none can decree over you right you decree and none can decree over you and allah subhanahu wa ta'ala of course yani um judges and rules and decrees as he wishes and by the way this whole dars is going to be just me paraphrasing what sheikh says i think we can cover quite a few pages today all right so it, the language might be a little bit kind of weird but you know it's just easier that way i think and there's not a single person that can overrule allah, allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that's the meaning of this statement when he makes a decision it's end of there's no changing there's no this that whatever what no there's no one playing around with it it's final allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says wallahu yaqdi bil haqq in surah ghafir verse 20 waladin yad'un min dunihi la yaqduna bi shay so allah judges in with the truth and those that they call upon other than him they can't do squat they can't do squat in allah huwa as-sami'u al-basir and indeed allah is the seeing the hearing and the seeing so um that's yani you know that's the end of the story i think that's pretty straightforward innahu la yadhillu man walait wa la ya'izzu man adait innahu la yadhillu man walait man walait okay man walaita okay i'm doing obviously thingy man walait but it's man walaita yeah for the surety that's of course innahu absolutely verily 100% uh لا يذل من واليت he whom you show allegiance to the walaya okay or the wala rather okay is never abased لا يذل that 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 dhilla humiliation embarrassment you know dhilla to be dhalil means to be pathetic and whatever that dhilla that patheticness humiliation yani down yani whatever that will not be that is not going to be tasted by those that you support man walaita anta ya allah those that you have supported been an ally to that's what the language says that's what arabic says in the translation i've said he whom you show allegiance to is never abased and i don't like the never because as a question is going to come up does that mean that the believers who of course are the ones that receive this very specific type of wala this specific so we're not talking about the general one now we're talking about the uh, shar'i one we're talking about the one that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants yani for the believers and he protects the believers with especially over the general protection and the guardianship and uh, governorship or whatever the words were that we agreed on custodianship or god knows what it was for the whole of mankind because he is obviously their protector he's the one who supports them but then for the believers is a special ally allyship allyness friendship supportingness whatever yeah so that specific form we're talking about now the question that's going to come and obviously then wala ya'izzu man adait 
So those that you take as an enemy, they will never become yani, honored because you've become their enemy and they will never become powerful because they've been destroyed by you. Right. And I've written, and he, who, and he whom you take as an enemy is never honored and mighty. Now, that translation is absolutely correct and fine and everything. The question then comes, actually, let's first explain that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, uh, Shaykh Uthameen says that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will, will not uh, associate dhul and khudlan, yani to be abased and to be ruined and to be whatever okay and this the, the, those that he has taken as an ally and the allyness the walaya here is al-khasa al-madhkura fi qawlihi ta'ala ala inna awliya allahi la khawfun alayhim wa la yahzanun alladhina amanu wa kanu yattaqun that is referred to in this ayah where and indeed is it not that the friends of Allah they have no fear upon them and they will never grieve and they shall not grieve those that who believed and used to be having taqwa in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's what this ayah is referring to. And then the opposite, that the ones that you take it as an enemy, they will never win. They are, in fact, they are the ones who are abased. Because obviously their opponents are being supported by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are going to be the ones who win. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, that indeed we shall support our messengers and those that believe in this life and the day that the witnesses shall arise. Okay, in Surah Ghafir, uh, verse 51. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alright, in Surah Al-Hajj, and indeed Allah will support him who supports his cause. Alright, who supports his deen. Whenever you see man yansuru, yani man, man, man yansuruhu, yani Allah, to help Allah, we don't help Allah, but what we do is we help his cause, right? We do the thing that he's told us to do, which obviously is going to increase his uh, Islam, the practice of it, etc. So we're helping Allah. That's always what it means. Whenever you see us giving the, uh, uh, the help to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? Uh, and indeed Allah is Qawiyun Aziz right? that, That's the Izzah And the believers take their Izzah And so those that Allah takes as an enemy They will never receive that So he is the, they are Dhalil They are finished And then he finishes So the power, the might, the honor Is for the friends of Allah And that's an absolute fact And that's an absolute truth And end of story the question obviously is going to come up. Well, hold on. Why is it that we see so many Muslims, yani being uh, abased, humiliated, defeated? How many? How do we understand the kuffar winning, supported, strong, etc., 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 etc.? Now, this is, and the answer to that, of course, is that, um, and Sheikh Uthameen says this as well, um, is that these du'a and these statements are yani bil umum. Right, meaning they are to be taken generally. They're not to be applied in individual circumstances. So it's like it's like saying, uh, you know, Harith was mentioning abuse yesterday. Was a Q and A session for first Q and A session protect this house. A lot of people struggle with this idea of obedience to parents and respect to parents and whatever whatnot. And then the questions often put in the terms of like, you know, what if there's something horrific, like a whole different level, like sexual abuse or something crazy which we know exists yani, among some very misguided and devious or deviant people. So that doesn't change the rule. The rule is 
obedience and kindness and you know whatever to parents except in this case where it's too much for a person or there's a physical danger or whatever so i want you to understand that this rule in islam is a very basic simple rule that that a statement is bil umum yani a statement is always made in general with always the possibility of exceptions and what would the exceptions be the exceptions would be whatever the exception is so i'll give you an example when the obedience thing and an abuse scenario where the situation was too bad in this scenario, in this example, it would be when the Muslims are defeated. It would be, as Sheikh Uthameen says, Uhud. When Uhud occurred, that was no doubt yani, a humiliation for the believers. We went sent, sent packing, our whole thing was messed up, our Prophet ﷺ was hurt, hit, etc. etc. The believers yani, let the Prophet ﷺ down. It was a very depressing part. We had martyrs yani, that shouldn't have happened. Shouldn't have occurred. The Prophet ﷺ's sadness over the death of those was yani, next level. Wahshi didn't forgive yani, for killing Hamza. And, 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 and. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. Right? But, two points. Okay? Two points. Um, number one, and obviously those who have done, gone to Hajj and Umrah with myself, you know that the specific lecture that I give, or talk, not lecture, but, you know, presentation that I give on uh, Uhud kind of touches upon this and really the class that we teach which is Fitna the Tafsir of Ali Imran is the one in which we really do a deep dive because it's Ali Imran out of all of the surahs in the Quran I don't want to say only but it's certainly in the majority it's the, it's the, it's the, it's the surah which really brings the believers yani, and calibrates their expectations of consequences to one's actions and beliefs uh, makes us realize that um if it was Allah just giving victory, then a certain level of apathy sets in and everything turns off. And when it's good day, bad day, good day, bad day, then people are on their toes and people are thinking and appreciating the good when they have the bad. As Allah says, and those are the days that we rotate amongst the people. And um, and sometimes it's just to test people. Sometimes, you know, if it was just winning, winning, winning and not taking anybody, then how do we get shuhada? How do we get people, yani? Uh, uh, as I mentioned actually this ayah yesterday How do we then see How does then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Take the people of jihad From us And how will we then know How will he then know uh, Who are the patient Unless he tests them So good and bad is important Bad days are important And in fact um, There's the hadith narrated in Bukhari uh, Hadith number 404 Two, in which the Quraysh they said after you know the the, the disaster in um, in uh, 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 Uhud, uh, they said Yawmun bi yawm Badr. This is a day, uh, yani a day for a, a day for this, a day for that. Yani this is in re- return for Badr. This is for Badr basically, because they got destroyed in Badr, right? And now they've done a, 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 a revenge. Even though, frankly, the Prophet's tactic to maintain morale of even after defeat, chasing them all the way to the edge to show that, listen, we haven't given up or we haven't yani, pulled out, um, I think is a, uh, a, an indication, but that's a deeper point, okay? But still, and you know, they said something, وَالْحَرْبُ sijal, وَالْحَرْبُ sijal, Right? And war is not give and take, it's... Um, Ups and downs. Sijal means ups and downs. What's the what's the phrase? A day for you, a day for us. It's not. There's there's a nice phrase for that. Whatever, Yani, you um, 
I think. Anyway, so the point is, is that there will be times, and but nearly every single time that that happens, if the believer understands it, then it's always going to be in their benefit. If the believer understands that trial, then that that abasement, that humiliation, that whatever, will be for their benefit. So three rules to write down from this. Number one, that it, uh, that this is a general rule. No, no, pick some troughs. You don't say that yani, in the issue of war. There's a phrase to do with war. I mean, it's like you might have won the battle, but you haven't won the war. That's probably the best phrase for it. When you say that by indi- by by definition, you mean that there's a bigger game going on and you've just taken one little moment, but there's many more to come. Who's going to take the rest of the battles? So I think that's the phrase I'm looking for. You might have won the battle, but you haven't won the war. You've won the battle, you haven't won the war. And the war here, right, in this example, is referring to the dunya in, the, in its entirety. You may have won the battle, but you will lose the war, right? And that's why, you know, um, uh, that, 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 that these verses that say that the end, and the end is referring to the end of the war, right? That's going to be too, for the lil muttaqin, right? Um, and in between, there's going to be ups and downs and ups and downs. And so therefore, when we talk about there's three rules that this is number one in its general form only that specific exemptions apply there'll be times that the kuffar are dhalil there'll be times that the muslims are uh, that the kuffar are mu'az and, and the muslims are adhillah uh, right? humiliated or beaten or x or y and this is of course exactly the basic, full, the, the basic rule of civilization the cyclical theory of the rise and fall of empires. Absolutely. Uh, Ibn Khaldun, of course, many people way, way before Ibn Khaldun spoke about this, but Ibn Khaldun put it, put it in a nice way. Um, so, three things. One is, in general, doesn't have any exceptions. Two, um, there's always a benefit even in the... Um, uh, there's, there's always a benefit even in the humiliation and abasement. When it makes you return back to Allah, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, then you know, then it's going, then it's not going to work, right? And uh, yeah, and the third is that this is only temporary. This is only temporary. So, uh, uh, abasement for the believers and honor for the disbelievers, which is the opposite of this du'a, is only ever even in the exception cases, only temporary. And therefore, by definition, what this dua is basically saying, okay, you will you will basically translate it as, for of a surety, he, he whom you show allegiance to might taste humiliation here and there, but in the end will never be abased. And he whom you take as an enemy although they might win a few along the way, will never be the honoured and the mighty in the end. That's the actual kind of meaning definition of Now, having said that then, what's the best way to translate this phrase? Maybe it's more accurate to not use the word never. Because... The dua isn't Right? There's a reason it's not 
never right innahu never will whatever and you know it's la like innahu la yadhillu man walayta yani that he whom you show allegiance to is not abased or will not be abased or a phrase that kind of makes it potential for it to be temporarily but not in the over uh he whom you show allegiance to will not be abased. I like that, you see, because it looks in the longer, it looks into the longer, uh, and he whom you take as an enemy will not be honoured and mighty. Now the problem was, with the, so, so, so will really works very nicely when you're looking at it in the overall picture of the war. The reason that there's a problem and why Scholars don't explain it like that or translators don't put it like that is because of the will. The word will always indicates uh, um, uh, the future and it's like you're excluding the past and, and, the, and the present. So I want you to know that one of the reasons that the present is used is because the present verb يَذِلُّ and يَعِزُّ is indicating a continuity. That takes in account now, it's always been happening, taking into account now and will continue. That's why people don't put the word will not, because it kind of kind of restricts it to the future, if I'm making sense. Okay? And it kind of then it then it indicates potentially that statement. If we said that for the surety he whom you show allegiance to will not be abased, indicates that those that you showed allegiance to before were abased. If that makes sense. And he whom you take as an enemy will not be honored and mighty, but they were honored and mighty. Well, no. Um, whereas if I say he whom you show allegiance to is never abased, right? Then that's covering previous, it's covering now, it's covering later, but then you've got this kind of problem. It's not even a problem, frankly, because when you read these statements, you should always accept... Um, you should always accept that there are exceptions. So I don't have a major problem with never, to be honest. All right, that's the more accurate one. Does not. What's wrong with does not? For of a surety, he whom you show allegiance to does not become abased. I don't even know what the sentence is. With that right now, I don't know what that is. Um, all right, uh, Zara, uh, he whom you show allegiance to is not abased. And he whom you take as an enemy is not honored and mighty. Yeah, is not is definitely better than will not. Definitely. Okay. Now, ultimately, is 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 it? You see the problem with you see this is the problem of teaching an exception. It dominates your 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 your, your mind so much that you just it just ruins everything. The exception should never ever dominate your work. Your presentation. Your, this is a huge mistake people make, by the way, right? That the exception, the exception should just be important. It should never become dominant. The classic example of this, by the way, just to give an example, because it's impossible to work ultimately. Okay, it's very, it's just not, it's not right. That's of course the meaning, but it's not right to put into a translation. But I'll give you the. Uh, with that, just give us a nice one, okay? We don't care about what we're thinking. We want the nicest 
uh, we want the nicest one. So we redo it with the nice one. He does not abase those you shot. I mean, that's, that's, that's the, that is rubbish, actually. So work out the proper one. I do think is not is better. Someone write it again with is not. And let's see. Um, the example that I want to give is people who, uh, when I'm teaching a class for Al-Maghrib, especially on the Family Friday, the free Friday, okay? Uh, then there's lots of people who kind of pass by, walk in, sit down, blah, blah, blah. And these are often, you know, if they're done in university, then it's often the one that they bring the, the head of faculty down who help them book the, 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 the room. Non-Muslims, I mean. And uh, there's a basic principle, right? There's a basic principle that Al-Maghrib, like HQ, from a legal point of view and all the rest of it, safety and intelligence and all the rest of it, is that they always tell their instructors, listen, there's a couple of non-Muslims, there's a couple of converts, no, not converts, there's a couple of non-Muslims, and uh, or that there's a particular non-Muslim or whatever, whatnot. And I'm always, listen, don't bother telling me. And even if you tell me, it's going to be la, 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 I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Because once you hear that, you cannot help but tone down on the truth and the things you want to say and the... Uh, the sincerity or the honesty of what you want to put forward, X, Y, Z. And I want you to think about that for a second. That might be the prudent thing to do, right? But I've sacrificed 400, 500 people for the sake of one fish. I can go monkeys about that fish. Yani, when did he become so important? When did the exception become so, so important that it dominates the actual content and the dars, whatever, whatnot? So that's a lesson to everybody. You know, a lot of people think, and this is you know, something that we found out, myself, Shaz, and uh, maybe Zafar, Nadif, Abu Dhar. This is what we found out with the, uh, 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 what's it called? The, the, the Last Testament. When we recorded it, they were thinking about editing it and changing it and releasing it. We realized yeah, I need, that this has got very, not so much, yeah, I need, benefit for the non-muslims but why are we taking the muslims out of it for and the way that we then released it all right we chose the muslims as the focus to listen to it if that makes sense so the exception should never ever never ever okay never ever allow you to be a thingy yani we've got to get our priorities right this obsession with da'wah da'wah to the believers is more important than the da'wah to the people who have require all the amount of work and blah 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 while still giving da'wah to everybody else but you don't you only throw the other lot under the bus yeah and i mean it can be significant sometimes all right so uh where's everybody likes maces where is maces give me maces when i think of old I don't think about the exception, but I think about focusing on winning the war and not the battle. Maybe you're not appropriate here. That was it. But that is the correct thought process. That is the thought process that you're meant to have. That is the thought process. Um, that's the actual translation. He whom you show allegiance to will ultimately never be abased. He whom you show enmity to will to will ultimately never be uh, honored. Yeah, I don't like it. It's 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 so uh, um, it's so um, it's bringing our attention. It's basically setting us up, yeah, for losing. It's a very defeatist almost kind of. Uh, obviously, that's not the intention by the wording, but it comes across as right. You're gonna you're gonna lose. You're losing. 
All right. But hey, you know what? It's going to be okay in the end. You know what I mean? As a commander, if you <laughs> said that on a on a on a thingy, right? I mean, you know. So, like I said, I'm not gonna lie. I don't mind this. For the surety, he whom you show allegiance to is never abased, and never abased doesn't mean that it's never gonna happen to an individual, right? I just think is not is the best. I don't know if anybody, yani, put that down. For of a surety, he whom you show allegiance to is not abased. It doesn't put a will in there which is indicating the future. It's not talking about only ultimately and not focusing on the present reality. So I rather I rather that we translate words for what they are and understand them for what they mean. So that that statement there does not say will or ultimately at all. It says innahu literally translated and verily he will he is not he is not he he who is supported he whom you support is not humiliated it's actually is not the never was my mistake okay it's the uh, the 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 never uh it's the never which is the mistake all right okay so i think we go with is not Unless someone can put Yani. Um, yeah. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I like never and I like is not. He whom you show allegiance to is not abased. And he whom you show enmity to is not honored and mighty. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with never. I'm a never. And I'm happy with is as well. Right. Um, then... Okay, what else did... Huh. Then the Sheikh says... And he ends this at the bottom of page 30. And he goes, so basically, um, the eventual the summary of this uh, dua is... Okay. That the intention by these uh, statements is that this is not... This is... Uh, uh, that uh, these are to be taken... Yani in general, and there are sometimes yani specific scenarios that I will go against this, okay, and and uh, uh, that nobody, none of the, the believers will not will not be always and continuously humiliated, uh, and they will not be. Uh, and they will not always continuously be honored and mighty. That's basically the the, the meaning or, or the implication. All right. Tabarakta Rabbana. Tabarakta Rabbana. Tabarakta Rabbana is short for Tabarakta Ya Rabbana. Okay. And this Ya has been removed because of the amount of times that we make this dua and ya gets in the way it is like yani uh, a barrier so we get rid of it right so because of to make it flow tabarakta ya rabbana is a lot worse than tabarakta rabbana and sheikh uthameen says that the second reason that it's been removed is to allow the 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 the, the, the power of the name the, the 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 beauty of the name to shine and the blessing of the name to come first, which is Rabb, right? So, blessed is, yeah, uh, 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 you, 
the Lord, but the O is like kind of just delaying things. Yani from the blessing of using the name immediately linked to the blessing. Tabarakta. Rabbana. Yani straight after Tabarakta, we want we want Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be mentioned immediately without any delay. So that it's very clear that we're honoring him immediately, powerfully, no delay. So this is like one of the, the, the another of the reasons that the Arabs remove the ya. Okay. And baraka is a phrase that we spoke about la- last time. It means lots of good and plenty of good. And it comes yani, in principle from the phrase of birkat al-ma' which is a large vat or container of water which overflows. And the meaning of tabarak tarabbana is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is blessed that he is yani, of huge barakah, that he is the one who sends down the barakah, that we mention, when we mention his name, we achieve barakah. When we use, when we think about him and reflect upon him and we remember him in any way, we achieve barakah. And that's yani, seen in the power of his name, when we use his name, when we say Bismillah with the name of Allah, then we we can slaughter an animal and it turns from haram into halal just by saying Bismillah. Same action. You don't say it, it's haram. You say it, it becomes halal. And uh, for those scholars who consider the wudu for Bismillah to be an obligation, like some of the Hanabila, then for those people, the wudu is not done. The ritual ablution has not been performed, whereas when it's associated with the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's blessed to the level that it completes the, uh, that it uh, authenticates, validates the uh, wudu. Sheikh says that Rabbana is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. By the way, by the way, just in case, there is a very, there is a possibility, and we should remember this, yeah, my computer has got issues, and uh, there's a long process involved in fixing it okay but it can just be sod right blue screen of death bam everything will go so if the video cuts out then you know that it's cut out and then you just but you hang around because it takes time for shaz then to create a new link and i have to then he has to change the page and this and that blah 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 but in the future when that kind of thing happens you can stay here and get updates, but it's good to get over to the Telegram group. Someone put a link to the Telegram group right now for the new folks. And uh, Telegram group, we can then, you know, carry on, um, you know, as an emergency or whatever. And we can jump straight into Zoom and things like that as well, actually, very easily, because um, I think that the numbers, our account uh, covers that. Um, so, Rabbana uh, uh, is one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at the bottom of page 31 and it sometimes comes mudaf mudaf ilay uh, uh, when it's connected to something like it is here it's connected to us our Lord alright what what's the what's the phrase that they like for mudaf ilay whatever they call it or for example when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Rabbis samawati wal ard Rabbil arshi amma yasifun so we have two mudaf ilay uh, constructs, right? That he is a Rabb, but he is Rabbi Samawat Wal Ard, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, and he is Rabbil Arshi Amma Yasufun, and he is the uh, Lord of the throne. He's the Rabb of the throne. So he's the Lord of the Lord of, he's also just the Lord. Okay? And that's when it arrives, Yani Mudaf Muhallam bi Alif Lam. Yani, for example, for example, when the Prophet um, 
uh, uh, constructive. That's what that's the, a constructive possession. That's what I meant. But I mean that means nothing to most people. But you know what I mean. When it's something of the Lord of the Lord of, but sometimes it's not the Lord of. It just means the Lord. So, for example, Nabi Sallallahu said in the hadith narrated by uh, uh, by, uh, by uh, Imam Muslim that فَأَمَرْ رُقُوعَ فَأَضِّمُ فِيهَا الرَّبِّ As for uh, the uh, in Sahih Muslim hadith number 479, uh, the Prophet ﷺ said, As for the ruku' then magnify or, or extol the greatness of your Lord, of the Lord, not your Lord, of the Lord. Okay? So, um, yeah. Uh, and also the, his statement, وسلم, narrated by Imam Ahmed uh, in his Musnad, volume 3, hadith number, page 1, and that is, السواك, السواك That the siwak is a purification for the mouth and it is pleasing to the Lord. Pleasing to the Lord. So, Arab sometimes occurs يعني, in a constructive, uh, possessed form or uh, by itself. Tabarakta Rabbana. That's done. Wata'alayt. Wata'alayt. How did we... Right. So, if you look in the translation, I've written, O oh, our Lord, blessed and exalted are you. Tabarakta Rabbana. Blessed you are our Lord. Wata'alayt. And... You are the most high. Is a pretty good translation as well. Pretty good, I mean, by, by meaning. I don't know whether it's a nice translation or not. But um, but I've gone with exalted. And I don't know whether I went with exalted or did I, you know, did I... Um... Anyway, exalted, right? Exalted isn't, yeah, any... Uh, 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 a bad word, I like it It's a very useful word actually, it helps But the problem with the word exalted Is that it does come across as trying to avoid the obvious And that's what I don't like about the word exalted I don't like the fact that when we use, when we use the word exalted Right? It's, it's almost like um, We're trying to hide the fact of saying That he is the most high and I mean high in everything. High in himself, subhana. High in his royalty and the way that he should be treated. So, um, I don't know whether we change that. I don't know whether we change that. So let me explain then what Sheikh says. Ta'alayt is min... Yani from ta'ala or ta'ali. Okay? Which means... Highness, like loftiness, like aboveness, all right? And this ta is a exaggeration to emphasize his highness. What ta'alit, yani the first one, okay? Why doesn't exalted show that though? Because the word exalted means yani honored and so on and doesn't necessarily have to be something tall or high, that's why. Exalted is like a word that's used for regency and royalty and honored and whatever. 
Now you could say, well, that's what high also means. Even though high is obviously meaning high, but it also means someone is very, you know, acting very high, acting very proud and arrogant. So I get the point that, you know, it's just that I think it's more obvious with high and it's less obvious with exalted. Now I always use exalted myself, all right? But I do take the point, and Sheikh Uthim is going to go into quite a bit of detail of making sure that the Muslims understand what Ahlul Sunnah's belief is on the ulu of Allah, the highness of Allah. And I genuinely think that, yeah, basically what Sada said, it's just not literal enough. It's perfect in its explanation, but you are playing into the hands of people who don't actually believe in Allah's ulu. Let me go through this, we'll come back to it. All right, let's spend the rest of this session yani, giving this its haq. I think it's about time, obviously nine years in, to do some serious aqidah. All right, so Sheikh Uthameen says, get ready everybody, write, and this is this is gold now, okay? These next few pages is gold for your aqidah. The high, the highness, the highness, right? Of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is of two types. The highness of the self and the highness in description or his descriptive highness or whatever. Okay? Sifa. Yeah, I need the characteristics of being high, like control, power, and honor, and things like that. And with that, the highness of his self, his actual, his actual own reality, his physical reality. Okay, his self. The word physical is not necessary here and it causes its own problems. But his that, his self. The literal and metaphysical characteristics of being high. Yeah, that sounds like we're smoking any something, but it's okay. Um, so, now. So what does, uh, يعني, um, what does the highness of the self mean? It means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by himself is above everything. And Allah nafsah fawqa kulli shay. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself, he is above everything. Above his throne, in the heavens. That's where he is subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay? وَأَمَّا عُلُوُ sifa or عُلُوُ sifa as for the highness in terms of his characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is described with every possible exalted characteristic, high characteristic, honorable, powerful, on top, in control characteristic. As for the first one, the that for the highness of himself. The highness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The, uh, there are, have been uh, uh, groups, of course, Muslims, unfortunately, that have uh, uh, denied this, rejected this yani, reality. From them, of course, uh, are the Jahmiyyah, the tribe that's known as the Jahmiyyah, and then those that followed them and the offshoots of them, and then of course some of the extreme Sufi groups that you know believe in this kind of wahdatul wujud where everything is all one and one is you and one is me and one is God and everything is whatever. And uh, for example, the Jahmiyyah's opening statement or like you know a key point of Aqeel is in Allah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by himself is in every single place everywhere. He is everywhere. Physically, he is everywhere. So 
uh, and this was followed by those that yani, were very um, uh, that went to extremes in their rejection of the of the attributes of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. So these are people who are yani, have a genuine concern, right? So you'll find. Uh, and here, I think Sheikh Uthameen is kind of referring to the more mainstream of those people, like the Ashaira, some of the Maturidiya, but maybe not so much them, but the, uh, certainly the Ashaira and certainly others, um, who, of course, were a rebel movement, a correct one, if you think about it, when you follow the history of Aqidah. When Islam started to spread and we came, like, you know, bam, up against the Greco Roman kind of culture and philosophies and and writings and education uh, methodologies, whatever, and especially what their interpretation of God, which was very anthropomorphized, very uh, physical, and so on in certain sects. The Muslims, yani, to avoid that becoming, yani, like a, you know, the Christianization, if you like, of our own aqidah, where it turns into the human form of Isa Islam, which is obviously the worst uh, connotation. But to not whatever, not to anthropomorphize, which means which means to humanize, which is means to give body to and arms and legs and you know to make physical and human, right? So the, it was like a rejection, a rebel movement to avoid that, and and in that effort they went so far. Ahl Sunnah, of course, were doing the same thing, but they knew where to stop. Whereas these guys went, some of them went, and I don't mean the Ashar, all of them, but some of those that went even further, and some of them, they went so far that they started to deny absolutely everything. Okay, and uh, I, I just went too far. So, for example, they would say they would say, uh, "Allah is neither above the earth and he uh, the, uh, above the world. He's neither below the world. He's not on the right. He's not on the left. He's not in front. He's not in the back. He is not connected to the world. He's not separated from the world. Yeah, and basically, he is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how they would describe it." Right now, Sheikh Uthameen basically yeah, mocking this this phrase. He goes, basically, he's nothing. He's nothing there. He's neither here, he's neither there, he's neither right, neither left. You can see what they're trying to do. They're trying to, if you're if you're trying to avoid uh, someone making Allah physical and restricting him to size, space, dimensions, weight, height, uh, si- uh, you know, width, diameter, um, location, right? Which is obviously. What happens when you say that Jesus is God, right? I mean, it's a disaster when you put it into a human form. It's not even the fact that he's a human. It's the fact that you've restricted him in every single thing. So, I, I mean, that's obviously extreme kufr. But I'm saying like even in between, right? Like lesser than that. When it comes to our understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they're so desperate to avoid the... Hmm, <clears throat> I don't know whether this is stopped or not. I don't think it stopped. Okay, it said it reconnected again. You can tell me, folks, if you're still here or not. But, um... oh, right, it just jumped. It just jumped. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Uh, um, it jumped. I saw it jumped. It definitely jumped. It, it actually, my computer said that it disconnected and it reconnected. I don't know whether. Um, uh, so, alhamdulillah, we're, we're still here, but I just don't know whether uh, <laughs> there was a time warp. Sarah's been doing yeah, any her little stuff. Um, I don't know uh, whether you heard what I said, but basically, I, I'm pretty sure you heard what I said, right? 
uh, that that uh, uh, they're just trying to protect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from being humanized and restricted. Okay? And um, and they went so far that it um, you know, they just denied everything about Allah to leave him meaningless. Now the problem with that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala <coughs> does not make himself meaningless. In fact, it's one of the great attributes of Islam and one of the great successful attributes of Islam that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so personal with us and that we are so intimate with him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he's so close to us that we feel and that we that we thrive of his energy, of his blessing, of his guidance, of his direction. He is the hand that we strike with and he is the walk of our walk and etc. etc. when we are in the right yani, zone and so on. And at the same time, where he's not so close that we've Christianized him, but he's not so far that we've ju ju Judified him or Jewishified him, bloody blah 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 blah. Even mainstream uh, Ash'arism yani, went a bit far, but it, the, the, what we're talking about is the fringes. There's no doubt. Ta'atil, yani, you got to see when you when you when you have people who are making ta'wil, it's very different from ta'atil. Ta'atil means to reject all the attributes and say no, no, no. Ta'wil is to say, well, you know, we are okay with that one, and this one, I think it means this and not that, and this one, okay, no, this one it means literally, but we're going to assume it to be that. They're trying to kind of fine tune it. And whereas Subhanahu Ahl Sunnah, just a wonderful people, wonderful aqidah, don't mess about whatever the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says. Allah says, we just take it as it is. We're not going to add anything. We're not going to take away anything. We're not going to assume anything. We just know that is what Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala is saying about Himself, and that's it. Otherwise, it becomes meaningless. As Ibn Taymiyyah wrote so much about this, when we go this way, it becomes meaningless. Now, I'll tell you something which is very interesting. Sheikh Uthameen, he gives a description of what they, you know, what they say, he has no right, There's no, he's not left, he's not right, he's this. We get what you're trying to say. It's not like we're trying to restrict him either. We're not saying that he has to live in the right, or the, which is kufr, yani, to restrict Allah, right? We're saying Allah is fawqa kulli shay'. Allah is above everything. He has the one who's told us that. When we point up there, we're not saying in that yani, dimension, in that pixel, or in this, yani, area of the galaxy he's restricted or whatever when we say he's above his throne we're not we don't need to go into the detail of whether that's right or left or above or x or y or z or whatever we're just saying what he said about himself and if he didn't say that what is the meaning if he wanted him if he wanted himself to be this kind of fluid vague nothing nothing then he wouldn't be speaking like he does subhana and neither would the prophet describe him like he does we're going to come to that in a second and this is all about obviously direction, but it's not direction, Maryam. Okay, it's limitation. Their illa is limitation. It's not direction. Direction is the one of the things along what causes limitation, right? So they will focus on direction and timing and presence. Whether he was the you know the whole discussion of the Ali, or what was he first and then there was nothing with him and was he the equal and then he was you know all of this nonsense comes because. Or it comes from Muslims who try to remove restriction from Allah. They say, because if you say that he's the first and you're restricting him to only be like, it's a stupidity, it goes mental, right? And that's exactly it, right? Because of the space, time, continuum and its limitations and whatever. Uh, their premise is God commanded us to know him and they jump off there to philosophize about his nature, Right? So we're going to come to that, Zara, in one second. I just want to just quote to you something. Well, he had, and it's just interesting 
uh, uh, what example he gives, right? So after he's described this, he then says of his own self. So basically, he's nowhere. He's nothing. He doesn't exist then. He's neither here, he's neither there, he's neither this, neither there. You basically made him not existing. And he goes, and that is why, Sheikh Uthameen says, that Mahmoud ibn Sub Sabuktekin. When I read that, literally, I, th- I thought to myself, that's my guy out of Urtrul, right? But, um, uh, uh, but this is obviously, this Tekin is their, their kind of word, you know, Sungur Tekin and all the rest of it, yeah? These kind of guys, they are all part and parcel of that whole um, prince in Turkish, 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 original languages or whatever. I mean, actually, he was born in Afghanistan, all right? Um, and he was born in Afghanistan, and he was one of the kings of the East, and he was one of the righteous kings of the East, actually. He was one of the good guys, and he's one of those that conquered India or went to India in the uh, early days, all right? And when he got there, there's lots of stories, you know, um, about his whatever. We used to know we used to always know him as Muhammad Abu Qasim, not as as opposed to, as opposed to Muhammad bin Qasim. We always knew him as the rule Muhammad Abu Qasim, but it's this name that I I, I was not yani, familiar with. Subuk Tekin, basically Sungur Tekin's brother in it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, he. Um, uh, uh, you know, he had lots of conquests and everything, and he was one of the big guys. Anyway, when he went to India, especially, there's a lot uh, in uh, Ibn Kathir, especially in uh, Bidai and Nihaya, writes a lot about his adventures in uh, 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 in India and with the Mushrikeen, you know, with the Hindus and with all the worshippers and stuff. Lots of interactions, which. You kind of expect that the low level, but when it's a king interacting and all of the drama that comes with that, it's actually quite interesting. It's actually quite interesting as a king. Uh, there's one really uh, 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 interesting story that I remember. Um, again, that we knew as the Malik Abul Qasim, Muhammad Abul Qasim, right? That he uh, he went came across a load of Hindus or Mushrikeen. They were worshipping this huge, um, uh, uh, like, idol and bringing lots and lots of money to it, etc., etc. And he thought to himself, yeah, I need, you know, let me do this. Yeah, let me take this money and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and use our own money and pay these people off and say to him, listen, avoid this and uh, or use it to benefit the, the other people. Let it Let it continue. Right, so let them continue to bring the money, and um, we'll use that money, basically huge amount of money, to support the believers, and support the da'wah, and al-bidayah um, wa Okay, is the book of Ibn Kathir, right? Um, and he he says um, he says uh, um, that. <laughs> He's saying to himself that if I let this little cash cow continue, literally, and I like the word cash cow because it was literally a cash cow. Although he doesn't mention what kind of, um, uh, he doesn't mention what the uh, uh, idol was, but let's assume it was a big cow, but whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if it was Hindus that, that, that time, then it could have been, been a cow. Anyway, it definitely was a massive cash cow. 
And he wanted to use this cash cow to be able to benefit the jihad, benefit the believers, do da'wah with it, etc., etc. So his soldiers and his uh, supervisor, his uh, you know advisors, they said to him, "Listen, this is what we think, and I don't know. You make the call." He goes, "Let me make istikhara." So he did istikhara, and he came to the decision that no, we have to stand up for what's right. And that's what he got his reputation for, that he was a major promoter of Aqeed of Ahl-Sunnah, even though he was not in a kind of Ahl-Sunnah stronghold in terms of the East and like Afghanistan and whatever in that kind of time, which is like 350 or 60 or something like that. He was born 361 Hijri, right? Died 421, right? Um, in Afghanistan. Alright, so it wasn't like the stronghold of Ahl-Sunnah in terms of Aqeedah. However, however, he was yani, actually a real big supporter of Tawheed and Athar. And he has this yani, istikhara and he goes, uh, no, we have to stand for our principle here. We have to destroy this idol and have to show these people this is wrong what they're doing. Now, now from our point of view, this is a great act. Major sacrifice, major loss of money, major loss of funds, right? And it comes across very aggressive, etc., etc., etc. However, look at the pros. The pros is that India with a hundred million Muslims today, it had to start somewhere. There had to be, I mean, if you're going aggressive and smashing Yana all that down and setting a message very clear, right? There's no doubt that that would have had an impact upon the numbers, you know, that are coming down the line. So think about that. But the really interesting thing that, that um, Ibn Kathir says is that when they smashed the cash cow, they found hundreds of times worth underneath and inside the cash and gold, the money, wealth, that had been gathered there. Like their intention was what it was and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave them back so many times over. So many times over. So it's just one of those really nice stories. It's a very famous story, actually. You find it, you know, said a lot by the kind of the, the, the Muslim du'a storytellers kind of folks. Because obviously this is a historical story. It's not got Senate or whatever. It's talking about the fourth century, right? So it's not exactly, you know, hadith standards that need to be maintained. But it's a nice kind of anecdote, right? Anyway, Sheikh Uthameen uses this yani, a ruler. And he goes, When he had the Ankara Mahmud ibn Sabuk Takin, rahimahullah, ala man wasafullah, بهذه الصفة وقال هذا هو العدم وصدق فهذا هو العدم يعني um, he basically he basically said um, he basically said that uh, that someone described Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to him in these terms and he said to him what, what is this this is this is nothingness you've made nothing out of Allah you've made him pointless Bodiless, everythingless, like it's just nothing. And Sheikh Uthameen says he was right. He was right. There's aqidah from a guy who understood it. And this is a very uh, important point here, okay, that aqidah, the one that is going to be the essential belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by necessity must be so clear and obvious for everybody. It's got to be essential and understood by everybody. Otherwise, it's not the aqidah of the Muslims. So to that point, let me now finish this lesson by the following.
سو so, اهل السنه والجماعه اهل السنه والجماعه say as sheikh says at the top of page 33 that we say that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is above everything with his self self okay with his self and they base this creedal statement upon five evidences the book the quran the sunnah the ijma' the consensus the aql yani the, the intellect yani points to this and the fitra our just our fitra amma al-kitab as for the book then every possible type of evidence is in the quran which establishes the highness loftiness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes allah uses the word ulu itself the highness subbih ismi rabbikal a'la and glorify and bless the name of your lord the most high in the surah al-a'la the high wa taratan bilaf al-fawqiyah and sometimes with a a word which indicate indicates highness wa huwa al-qahiru fawqa ibadi and he is the overpowering above his servants above folk so that word is using high word above word okay and sometimes bidhikri uruj al ashya wa su'udha ilayhi so sometimes yani by him talking about things that go up and rise up to him subhana ta'ruj al malaikatu wa ruh ilayhi in surah al ma'arij that the uh, angels and the spirit ascend to him okay and when allah says ilayhi yas'ad al kalim al tayyib and to him rises the good word in surah fatir verse 10 and sometimes allah subhanahu wa ta'ala indicates it by using language where it's something is coming down from him so he must be above min yani qawlihi ta'ala yudabbiru al-amra min as-sama'i ila al-ard and he judges the uh, uh, arranges the affairs from the heavens to the earth thumma ya'ruju ilayhi right then the the whole things yani will go back up to him anyway right So that's the Quran it's so clear I think Ibn Taymiyyah said a thousand I don't know I can't even remember right evidence is direct from the Quran like no messing about not subtle or interpreted or what direct thousand evidences of the ulu of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the highness of Allah he's not in the earth he's above the heavens he's above his throne as high as high can be bam game over as for the sunnah um and uh from the sunnah sheikh says that we can combine all the three expressions of the sunnah which is al qawliya wal fi'liya wal iqrar those are the, the the actions of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam the statement of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and his affirmation meaning his remaining silent and someone else says something which means that he confirms what someone else says these are the three expressions of sunnah as you all know amma al qawl as for a statement then the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam used to say in his sujood Subhana Rabbi al-A'la and glorified be you be glory to be glory be to you my lord the most high as for his actions when he gave a sermon to the muslims on the day of arafah and he said and after he finished and he gave the famous speech then he said ala hal balaghd okay and tell me have i yani done what i was meant to do have i fulfilled my message have i said what i needed to say 
They said, Naam. Then he said, Allahumma fashhad. Ya Allah, bear witness that I've done it. Okay? You heard me. They've said it. Bear witness. He lifted his finger to the heavens. So his action itself, like this. Okay? Yarfa'u isba'ahu as-sababa ila sama This hadith narrated by Imam Muslim. Hadith number 1218. So this is by action affirming the highness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa amma ikrarih. As for his affirmation, confirmation of someone else's, then it's the famous hadith, of course. And there are many more. I'm just obviously focusing on the few. Sheikh Uthameen has written books on this. This is his area. He's loving this right now, by the way. Okay? I mean, he's loving it. Oh, no. Podcast, guys. Podcast, guys. Oh, my God. Podcast, guys. Guess what? We've lost them all. We've lost them all. We've lost them all. We've lost them all. So, podcast guys, just hold on. What happened? It just went off. At what point did it go off? One minute ago? No, what point? What was I saying? Uh... You lame packy. You can't even remember what I was saying. Guess what? My computer's completely gone. It's blue screened up there. Right. All right. You're talking about an argument or something. Oh, shut up, man. You're so rubbish. Right. Okay, it crashed. I want to finish off here. So can someone go and bring them all back? Or back from the portal to over here. Alright, podcast boys and girls, just bear with me because I was in the middle of it. Um the problem is I don't know where it where it where it where it ended. Right, listen, press down on the uh, uh the off button. Just press down and hold down. That's it. One second podcast, boys and girls. Yeah, you're you're fine. Yeah, yeah. You can just get ready now, everybody, for um if someone's got it East is there, isn't he? Yeah, it's a tentative go but play the uh uh, 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 oh, how's it going to be live? Actually, how's that going to be live? Alright, but hold on. Put it on again. I can't broadcast. So it has to be a Zoom link, isn't it? Yeah. It will be rubbish. Yeah, voice note will be just rubbish. 
can hop on an audio chat on Telegram. With that, tell us how to do it. If you click that speech bubble, it goes to an audio chat. Speech bubble. But then podcast people don't hear. Podcast are hearing, don't worry. <laughs> don't worry. Tell me how to broadcast. Um... Voice chat started. What does that even mean? What is voice chat? Podcast people, just bear with me, okay? How do you do this voice voice chat, boss man? Top of the chat. How do you join the chat? This is super irritating, man. There's a tab at the top of the chat. I don't have one. I don't have one. No tab. No nothing. So this will not work. All right, we're just going to have to just call the lesson there. I think we'll just call it there. All right, folks. I've got no idea what you lot are talking about. All right, it's starting to get a bit irritating, frankly. There's no voice chat on my phone. There's no nothing. There's no nothing of any type. So I've got no idea what you guys are on about. Um, so people are saying you invited. <laughs> you, keep, you can say that as many times as you want. Yeah, I've not been invited to anything. I've got nothing on top right or anything. So, okay, um, what we'll do is... Um, uh, uh, we're just going to call it here, okay, folks. The video is what it is, and to be honest, we got pretty much of a lot of a lot of subject, a lot of work done today, so it's okay. We just need to remember where we, yeah, yeah, I know where we started, and we'll finish it off next week, okay, guys. Zakum alakhir.